Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and talk about its very many games. I'm Matt, I'm the host. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts, and this time I'm going to introduce him first because I never do. Mitch, what have you been doing this week, Mitch? What's up? What's going on with you? Oh, sorry, I was distracted by what's happening in-game. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, not a whole lot, I guess. I, I hit 70 on my Necromancer today. How you been liking prob- that? I have really been liking it because Corpse Explosion is a blast. And I don't mean that as a pun, but it's just it's a lot of fun because one thing dies, you explode its corpse, that kills another thing, which means you have another corpse to explode, which means you just keep exploding corpses. It's just great. Yeah, I was watching the video, the behind-the-scenes video for the Necromancer, and apparently Corpse Explosion was the hardest thing they've ever had to engineer for Diablo 3 because really? pre- previous to that, they didn't actually care what happened to corpses. Like, part of the fun of playing Diablo 3 is is you kill something and it goes flying off in another direction even sometimes, and they didn't... They oh, didn't yeah. yeah set up. Really they really entertaining. The engine did, wasn't set up to pay attention to or track corpses, and then suddenly... They needed to know where those corpses were. It, so they it had was, to, yeah, had it was confusing at first. It was confusing yeah. at first because you don't have corpse explosion right away. Like, you get it early, but you don't have it right away. And I'm running around, and, you know, I don't play Diablo 3 that much, but there's just these things on the ground. I'm like, well, what are those? Like, I don't remember those before. And it's just, it's because they're the corpses. Yeah, it's the new corpse technology that they put in. New corpse technology. <laughs> Only in video games does that not turn out to be the most horrible thing you've ever heard in your life. Uh, also with us this week, um, she has an incredible amount of time where she writes everything for the site and is just basically, I'm convinced she is actually a robot that is like plugged into a computer somewhere and never actually goes outside. But perhaps I'm wrong. At any rate, Ann Stickney, what have you been up to this weekend besides being a robot? Um. Uh, what all have I been up to this week? Filling out collections and things. Um, finally finished off my Molten Core set. I was waiting for pants, Night Slayer pants, because I'd gotten rid of those pants, because I was like, oh, it'll be easy enough to farm those up again, and I need the bake space. And that was like back in Warlords or whatever. Um, and then it turns out it takes longer to farm pants than you think, because I've been trying to get those I... stupid pants to drop for like... yeah. Uh, months. <laughs> my, the, the pants were the last piece my priest needed and I ended up like I was farming it every single week yeah. and I ended up hitting a hundred like during the uh, pre-legion invasions on a second priest and started farming it on that so I was farming it like two times a week Yeah, and it still took forever and it's the second boss in there so like yeah, it's, it's not just hard to get to. It, well yeah it's just Magmadar so I mean it was it was pretty easy as far as that goes because I had the or I still have the, um, oh my gosh, what the heck is that toy called? It's not a toy. The remote control. The one that takes you to... Um, oh, the... Uh, yeah. The, you get it from the, Brewfest, from Dire Brew. Dire Brew's remote. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, uh, so I just pop the remote, hop in the little thingy, and it puts me right inside, like at the entrance to Black Rock Depths, and then I can just walk out and go up to Molten Core. No big deal. So it takes no time to get there. It takes no time to get to Magmadar. It's just that the stupid pants were never on the loot table. And they were this week. I was very happy yep. about that. Oh, and in other news, I got Invincible. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I, that's also not a joke. Is it one of those... That's- is it one of those things where if I say congratulations, I, I got that a while back. Does that sound condescending? Because I don't mean to. It's just that it's really cool to get that mount. So I... Yeah. 
I was actually in there. I was looking for the pets because I'm still working on the raiding with leashes. And the, and they put one of the pets on normal Arthas and one of them on heroic Arthas. You yeah. could get both of them on heroic theoretically. Um, really? I think so. I don't know. I've I've All heard I that know, one is normal only. I've been farming. I've been farming in there. It's those two that I need, and then the one off of Cindragosa. And then there's one from Olduar that I still need. So there's like there's there's a selection of pets that I still need. So I go in and I kill Arthas every week. And um, Cindergosa did not drop the pet. Uh, Arthas did not drop the pet. I you know you get to the end, you're just sitting there auto attacking him while he's doing his litany of speeches yep. until Tyrion busts out. And then he falls over, and then the cinematic starts, and then you hit escape, and get out of the cinematic, and then you go to loot the corpse, and I went to loot the corpse, and it was all purple. And I'm like, oh, there's no pet. And then I look down, and it says that I've looted Invincible's reins. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. The, That's the like first... this week, my my wife made us go to Firelands. For, I guess there's pets there, too. Yeah. Uh, my wife made us go there. And uh, we're killing uh, a Lysrazor who, you know, whatever. I've, how many times have I killed a Lysrazor? Yeah. And so, so we, I snap loot a Lysrazor. I'm not even paying attention. And she's on the phone. And then as she comes back, she's like, ah, she starts like squealing. And I'm like, what? What happened? What's going on? And she's like, you got the pet. You got the mount. You got the mount. And I'm like, what mount? Oh, the flame talon? Yeah. I forgot that a Lysrazor dropped it. Yeah. And so I got, I got, so I'm Dude, like, oh, that dropped I in the raid when we were doing the raid way back. Yeah, it dropped like twice. Because uh, I remember, yeah, I remember that warlock got it. That was the one I liked. And then there was the other one. I don't, I forgot that it existed because it's been so long. And I, I, oh, go ahead. I ended up getting Invincible and Ashes of Alar within like a day or two of each other. Oh, see, I've That's had Ashes for quite some time. It's just Invincible. I had given up on Invincible ever dropping, so I pretty much disregarded that part of the loot table. Really, all I was looking for when I was glancing down was the blue, because the blue indicates that, yeah, a pet. okay, a pet dropped. Great. That's what I was here after. So, yeah, um, I was kind of shocked. But, yeah, I have Invincible now, which is pretty great. It's still an awesome amount, even though it's from Wrath of the Lich King way back. Well, plus it's it's one of the few horse mounts that moves right. Yeah. Like it's it's they it's the same basic model as Tyrael's charger and the the sparkle pony, but they don't move right and he does. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that they have the glowing effects. Invincible's the only one who moves his legs properly. Like he runs properly. I, I really like riding him and I don't like riding those two. But I pro- we probably should move on and actually talk about stories rather than mounts all day. Yes. Uh if we we're going to do that, I just want to segue to Transmog and complain about chest plates, but we won't do that. <laughs> Instead, uh, let's talk about, well, the first one up here is one we should probably talk about real fast. Uh, I guess today is the last day of the Midsummer Fire Festival. It's over. It, it's it, done. It, it, it ended, ended this morning. Yeah. If you were like me, you didn't notice that it was even happening. I, <laughs> I thought it lasted longer, and then it was like a day or two ago that's like, oh, yeah, it's ending this week. And I was like, eh, nah. I, I didn't don't... even know. I didn't even pay attention. Like, I only noticed it was going today. I'm mildly annoyed because I got the little dancing fire thingy way back when. Like, I'm I'm 99% positive I got it way back when. And I must have deleted it before Toy Box was even a thing. And now it's 350 of those stupid Midsummer things. And I swear I went through the same exact thing last year where I was like, 
oh, I'll get it this year. And then I didn't. And then this year I thought I had gotten it and I still don't have it. So I got a couple of toys. I got, what did I get? I got like a bonfire and then I got the matches. The matches are great because you set yourself on fire. Um, (laughs) Because I was like, I, I feel like adding to my toy box. The other thing that I got and added to my toy box, I got the shoe shine kit this week, but that has nothing to do with the Midsummer Fire Festival. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I ran around on one character and got all of the bonfires, and that was enough. I thought about doing it on my alts, but then I was like, I'm really, I'm yeah. just not that bored. I'm, I'm not that bored, and there's no other TV shows that I really want to catch up on, because usually what I'll do is I'll just like throw something up on Netflix while I'm flying from bonfire to bonfire. So there's yeah, and it's it's the thing that like I've done it in years past. So even though even if it's the first time I'm doing it in a given year, I'm still like I have done this before. I'm just flying from thing to thing. I really I wish they added more ways to get those than the bonfires because you know my wife it was suggested... free gold. I I appreciated that. So my my wife suggested something I thought was pretty cool. Was that they could? She they wishes they do world quests in every zone, like one fire festival world quest, and all. I would the, be the, totally yeah. okay with that. And I thought that was a pretty neat I'd idea. I'd be on board with that, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not digging a lot of the, the fire festival in particular. The, they do the similar kind of thing for for Hollow's End, where you go from place to place, like getting candy from from innkeepers, and it's just like, I get that there's lots of reasons to do it, but I mean, I'm come on, I've been playing this game forever, and it's just. It's all, it's the uh, same thing with like the lunar festival where you have to fly from elder to elder. Yeah, to get the coins. I just I, they keep adding things every year, but they don't add different ways to get those things. Like it's the it's the same thing every year with new rewards, which is like okay, cool, they're adding new rewards, but like please make this interesting, more interesting well, than I it think was last their th- year. Their thought behind it is that it's only available for like one week out of the year. It's not something that you can farm persistently for months and months on end. So maybe it doesn't get quite as stale as like, you know, a daily quest that does the same thing over and over again in perpetuity yeah, or whatever. Yeah, kind of. But like at the same time, if you if you're behind, like if you missed it one year or even two years, then you're behind even further, which means the limited time that the holidays are there if you want the rewards, you really have to grind the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. I like the idea of implementing some kind of world quest system, though, for holidays instead of just the dailies. That might be something cool that they could do that would, you know, break it up a little bit or at least, you know, make it a little more interesting. If we're going to have to do that stupid Magic of Flight daily, I mean, world quest, (laughs) I I would like some throw in some fire festival ones. That's what I'm saying. But uh, also this week, uh, we should probably talk about really fast. Wait. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Hold up. I'm pulling up. We should mention that Fire Festival has ended, but it's also July, when July actually has a couple of new mini holidays. Um, on the 22nd of July is the Auction House Dance Party, where the auction houses in Orgrimmar and Stormwind are going to be converted into dance studios. <laughs> and you can just go dance the day away if you so wish to do so i don't know i'm gonna check it out just because that sounds had, amazing i'll have a hard have time it. telling it from normal auction houses quite frankly <laughs> if, if if you look at the launcher i don't know if it's still there but on the launcher they had like a, a really quick thing in like the patch 7.2 725 preview or whatever 
Um, and it looks like the floor is like a disco dance floor. There's like a disco ball, and it actually does. And they look replaced noticeable. like the elevated platform at the end has like a DJ stand on it. So like, yeah. they're going all out with this one. So that's on the 22nd. And then the other one, and I'm really excited about this. The Kieran Tor Tavern Crawl is going to be back on the 31st of July, and this time it's actually going to run because. They tried to launch this, what was it, like a couple of months ago or something, and they had to disable it because something was broken. So we didn't actually get to participate in it at all. So I'm I'm glad that it's coming back. And the Kieran Tor tra- Tavern Crawl is, I don't even know what to expect with it. It just sounds amazing, and I really wanted to do it the first time around. So I'm glad it's yeah, coming back again. It was, it was originally going to be end of January, I think. Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. Um I'm hoping that, you know, if it's actually pretty cool, maybe they could just make that a monthly occurrence where every month there's a tavern crawl, just because. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, that's Everyone it for holidays and months, though. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Rossi. No, that's fine. Like I said before, did more to marry you. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. Oh, uh, sorry. Not when you do it, though, no. Uh, the last... <laughs> I'm getting go. Wait, wait, wait. Um, the, it's the Black Temple time walking is this month. Yes, it is. Okay. That's, I mean, it's, you know. That's the other big like, thing. Yeah, I don't know if that counts as a holiday per se, but. It's not a holiday. It's, it's just the time walking weekend isn't or it whatever. During the, yeah, isn't it during Burning Crusade time walking? Yes, they also during yeah. Burning Crusade Black time Temple. walking, Black Temple will open. It's, and that's people next, will be able to next run it. week. Next week, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, this, you know, basically today, really, uh, tonight, if you're listening to this live, at least, if you're listening to it recorded, sorry, too late. But um, if you listen to this live, Blizzard BlizzCon's uh, last group of ticket sales is today, uh, so tonight. So if you want to get tickets and you haven't gotten them yet, good luck. And for people wondering, hey, didn't they already put those on sale? Yes, they did, but they didn't know that the Anaheim Convention Center, whether or not the expansion that the Anaheim Convention Center was building was going to be completed in time for BlizzCon or not. Uh, they since got notice that, yes, it was actually going to be completed, which means that they have a gigantic amount of more space to fill, and therefore they can go ahead and sell more tickets. So they're opening up this round of ticket sales. It's just one night. Tonight, if you get your hands on it, great. If you don't, oops. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> don't. Guess who's not seeing you in November? There is a, okay. there, there is a website out there. It's uh, LF BlizzCon, yeah? I think I believe that's it. And looking for BlizzCon, basically. Um, people that have spare tickets, like if they bought a block of tickets for their friends and somebody canceled or whatever, they will generally put them up on looking for BlizzCon at retail price. So you can get them over there. If you miss it for some reason, you can sometimes find someone that is selling a ticket for retail price on that website. You can also find people that are looking for hotel buddies or roommates or that kind of thing. It's actually a really good website for coordinating because BlizzCon is a really big event. And there's just a lot that goes into attending it. A lot more than you'd think. So, yeah. Check out that website. Um, Huskies in chat. If I get tickets, will I see Mitch there? Yes. In all likelihood, you will. Yay! Unless, unless someone sues me in the next several months. Okay. Well, let's For hope all that, of that my money. doesn't happen. <laughs> let's, let's hope not. Any idea how many tickets are being sold? Tiber asks in the chat channel. No, I have absolutely no idea, actually. No, um, just another say... block, so... Yeah, I feel like they're giving themselves room to, if they decide they want to sell more, they can. Yeah. But they did not say. Okay. They don't usually say, though, do they? I mean, no, I don't no, recall they them don't. ever saying. They don't. They'll yeah. say after the event is over, they'll give like a rough number of general attendees, like how many people showed up. But yeah, that's it. 
Uh, also this week, well, actually, I don't rem- know exactly when this happened, but they they had more Doomfist. Um, yesterday. It yesterday morning, you know, on as the 4th you do of July. On... Yeah. Which uh, was since odd. you guys were probably actually there for it, since I was busy being sick, why don't you guys tell us about it? Uh, base it. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot. It it kind of was, and it kind of wasn't. Um, it was you know in the in universe times of Nimbani report that basically said, hey, you know that attack on the uh, the Doomfist, like the item, a couple whatever's ago. Um, that was that was definitely Doomfist, the person. He was definitely broken out of his jail, which is the Helix security facility or whatever. Um, he was broken out of that by Talon. Uh, we know that because we see footage of Reaper being Reaper, and he actually doesn't get his butt kicked this time. He, you know, he completed his mission. Uh, we got a name for Doomfist, which I don't remember off the top of my head. Gande on Ogun, Ogundimu? Ogundimu. Yes. I, I, I'm probably yeah, mangling that. That was that. the other reason I but wasn't going to attempt. is the first name. What? Uh, that was the other reason I wasn't going to attempt it, because I knew I would butcher the pronunciation. Ogun- Ogundimu? It's uh it looks to be Nigerian. Ogundimu. Um and then there was another thing from the report that was like, hey, it's kinda weird that uh, you know, he was able to get broken out of Helix. Maybe Helix has some talon moles, you know, infiltrating it. Yeah. Well the thing is is like Helix has been kinda iffy anyway on the security front, and apparently they're widely viewed as the world as the world security force, but there's been several incidents, including the breach of a top secret facility in Egypt. So they were yeah, like, "Yeah, okay, that was that was the other thing that I wasn't sure. Do we know what that was referring to? Um, Is that because the the airport thing was with the Orissa release when they were talking about um, a top secret Egyptian facility or whatever." I couldn't remember if that was referring to something we knew about already or if that was hinting at something or if it was just universe building or what. I think that it's referring to that whole incident that was going on when Anna and um, um, Soldier 76 met up again. Okay. They were there and they had that confrontation with Reaper, like that brief confrontation with Reaper. And then they were like, and then Anna and Soldier 76 were all like, Hey, sup? Thought you were dead. Ha <laughs> Guess we're not. Want to hang out? And <laughs> only it was a lot more eloquent than that. <laughs> but, but it was the comic that went on with it. There was a comic with it. Oh, um, someone in chat says the the Pharaoh comic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There okay. was also the Pharaoh comic that went on because um, that that was the whole security breach thing going on with the Omnics. Um, yeah, okay. there, there's kind of this impression that Helix, you know, they are like a global security or a world security force or whatever, but they're also, they're also not good privatized. At they're privatized. They're not government or anything. It's just like a privatized organization or whatever. Um, and they are being funded by the UN to take care of these things. It's just they don't appear to be terribly effective because things keep happening, particularly with Talon in regards to Talon. Talon, Talon was one of those groups that Overwatch was working on taking down and then never actually got to take down before Overwatch was kind of disbanded and taken apart. Um, what's interesting is that we don't know if Reaper was perhaps involved with Talon prior to Overwatch's disbandment, and maybe that was part of the tension that was going on. Maybe that was part of what was drawing things apart, or if it was he 
died, quote unquote, I'm air quoting here, in that explosion, he was recreated into Reaper and then moved to Talon after that point. And then, of course, you know, Widowmaker. Widowmaker was already a part of Talon. Once she killed her husband, it was kind of all over for her. Yeah. So, Doomfist teaser. Uh, Essentially, we got a little bit more information about him. We got a name, uh, likely country of origin, some more background information for the universe, and hopefully this means that he will be out soon. And voiced by Terry Crews. Yes. If, <laughs> if, he's, if he's not, people are going to be disappointed. Especially Terry Crews. Uh, yeah, he yeah. really wanted to be... He wants. He wanted to be Doomfist so bad. So. <laughs> also uh, recent, the Necromancer came out, and with that, the Necromancer got a little bit of an origin comic that's, uh, that's up on the Blizzard site right now. I have read it. It's... Well, I mean, actually, get a chance to take a look at that. Yeah, so. it's it is an origin comic. It's it's not like you know you don't find out anything specially secretive. You see a small child get recruited by an, an elder necromancer. You see her training, and then he takes her out to go kill some people with skeletons. That's that's the the comic. It's not. It's just gonna... kind of a look into the background of the necromancer class and what it means to be a necromancer. But it's not really like lore heavy or whatever. No, it's just you know. If you want to pretend that that necromancer was the one from Diablo 2, go ahead. Uh, it doesn't really say and doesn't really look like him, but... You mean the yeah. one who trained the person? Yeah, it's not Zul, but, you know... No, they, doesn't he have a name? Like, you run into him in-game in the necromancer campaign. I thought he was Zul, for that matter. Oh, like, there's there's some other dude. Someone? There's some other dude that you run into during the campaign. Like, he's... I think he's dead already, but like you talk to his spirit or something. I can't remember exactly. Uh, there's the one that but, everybody runs into. If you if you're playing any you can anybody like barbarian whatever, there's a necromancer you run into outside Luke Galane. I know that one because yeah, everybody runs into him. He's like, yeah, no. I'm a necromancer. Uh, no, they, this they, this they was like, back, but I think this was like before you shortly before you fight Malthiel. It's like this dude and like a bunch of other necromancers are like in their spirits or something. Oh, that's yeah. That's every class gets that for their class. Okay, that's yeah, but I I thought the dude in the comic who trained her or trained him or you know the young necromancer was the same one that you ran into there. So is Zul actually in Diablo three? Like, does he make an appearance somewhere? A necromancer uh, I, shows up that they don't really. But clarify he doesn't have a name. The other. Yeah. yeah, there's one that shows up in the desert and is like, you know, I'm a necromancer. We serve Rothma. And you're like, okay, that's great. Um, what are we doing here? And he's like, look, I got to trap down, just kill some ghosts. And you're like, okay, sure thing. And that's pretty much how it goes. Oh you're a go killing again. But uh, at any rate, it's a fun comic, but it's not anything. It's not not going to be like, oh, that's what necromancers are. It's no, it's yeah, we are pretty much the thing we've been telling you we are. There's no secrets here. It's like okay, but I liked it just for the little girl, like you know, sitting there like learning how to raise corpses at like age ten or whatever. It's pretty cute. If you're, you know, if, if I had a little girl, necromancer. that's what I would, that's what I teach her. Yes. Also, to this week, uh, actually last week, but we didn't cover it last week. The 7.3 PTR is now out. Um, without spoiling it, you, you, yeah, really it came out. It. it came out like after the podcast last week. So. Yeah, this is a, this is a very large patch. It's big. Yes. There's yeah. a lot going on. I again, without spoilers, I can't really tell you about it. But yeah, if We're you want to get at... on the PTR. New zones, new quests, a new dungeon, a new raid. And that's just for starters. Yeah, and the new zones, like, there's, 
it's Argus, which is not that shouldn't be a spoiler. Yeah, um, we knew Argus was coming anyway. It's, it has three subzones though, and it looks like I, from what I've heard, I haven't had a chance to look yet. Um, it looks like the subzones are each about the size of the Broken Shore, so you get like three subzones that are decent sized con- uh, content. It's fairly just, substantial, and yeah. a lot of it is just quest content. There's also new world quests that are only available there. Um, there's a whole storyline that plays out through the whole thing. I don't think everything is unlocked on the PTR yet, but if you feel like going and you don't care about spoilers, get yourself to the PTR because there are there, things to do. There <laughs> are there are spoilers, um, which I I wish we could talk about. We are I don't, not I don't talking if, about spoilers. No, I, I know there there was just there was someone who looks like someone and has a name like someone, and I don't know if you guys if that was news uh, when you guys went on Lore Watch or not. It we was not when we went on Lore Watch. Watch, but I know what you're talking about, and we'll probably <laughs> talk about it at a later date. And we should probably not talk about it now, because, like I said, no, I don't really want to spoil know. people. It's, it's so exciting, though. However, for but, people who are looking for 7.3 lore information and wondering what our thoughts are on that, the Lore Watch that we just recorded was basically a little over an hour's worth of Rossi, myself, and Joe Perez just going off on all of this lore information. Look for that next Monday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, and uh, that's keep an eye out later today, probably for more stuff because they like uh, they they took the last week's build down today, like right before the show, for a new build, which will probably be up in the next couple hours. I don't know. Probably, but I'm sure there's going to be it, tons of, Oh yeah, there's going to be data mining, and if you don't like spoilers, start watching out because they are yeah. everywhere. <laughs> start watching out. Okay, uh, and now we move on to emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Please put podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line. And if at all possible, try to keep it within a tweet length if you can. Uh, it makes it easier for us to get to as many emails as possible when we're on the show. Uh, Anne usually reads them for us, so we're going to hand it off to her now, if you don't mind, Anne. Okay, first email is from Spanky Hunter, who says, Hey guys, so I recently discovered that unless you've killed Kill Jaden... In Tomb of Sargeras, you don't see Argus in the skybox. So that leads me to ask, is it good to have that sort of phasing in the outdoor world where it pertains to story? There will be some people who will never see it as they do no raids. Personally, I think it's a bad idea. World phasing has never seemed to work, in my opinion. It's always had issues, be it from players not seeing each other, to weird, I've crossed an invisible line and suddenly everything is different. What do you guys think? Um... I'll let well, you guys asked, talk first, who, and then I'll jump in. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'm going to go first in. because I, I asked on Twitter, and uh, Alex Fresiabi said that you can get this even if you just do it on LFR, which I get some people don't do LFR, but if even if you if the only rating you have is LFR, you will still get to have the chain skybox. You will still get to see that. So it's just you won't be able to something. get to kill Jaden until I think it's like end of September. No. End of August, uh, excuse me. Yeah, August. Yeah. Um I I have mixed feelings on it. Like it's cool to have it as a reward for players who have killed kill Jaden. Like, oh my gosh, you know, Argus is in the sky now that I've done that. That's cool, it's incentive. At the same time, it's it's a little weird to not have it on like lore wise, it's it's kind of inconsistent. Uh there's also, you know, the issue of what if people never do it? Um, and also, I kind of wish it were account-wide because I have it on one character. And, you know, I love taking screenshots. I really wish it were on all my characters because sometimes I'll be on one character and be like, oh, this would look really cool with Argus in the in the sky. 
but it's not there because it's not the character that's killed it. I think a good solution maybe would be like when 7.3 comes out, maybe just make it server-wide at that point. So like even if you haven't killed Kill Jaden, um, do it then and leave it exclusive I, for now. I think that'd I be think kind that of... they're probably going to make it like take and, and, off that requirement once 7.3 hits because by then, I, then the story totally has officially moved that. forward. Yeah, and I, I'm totally fine with that approach. I think leaving it exclusive forever, for forever or whatever, would be not a good idea. Um, I think having it server-wide, you know, some people, there was a glitch when, on day one where it was server-wide for some people, and they were like, oh, well, you know, spoiled now, which it's not super spoily at this point. But some people like to have it as a reward. Some people would rather it be server-wide. I think having it exclusive for a little while is okay, but I don't think it should always be that way. I don't even know if it's a matter of phasing necessarily either, because it could just be when you kill kill Jaden, it flags your account with some kind of flag thing, and that flag thing says, okay, instead of displaying skybox this, you're going to display skybox yeah. this, and that's all yeah, it is. So yeah, I don't it think doesn't affect your ability to see other players or anything, it's just a thing that shows up in the sky. It's it's like the inky black potion we were talking about on the pre-show. Like yeah. you don't you don't consume that and suddenly you're not surrounded by the same people. It's no, it just the skybox. It just flags you temporarily to replace that skybox with the night sky, which is really cool and it's a really neat effect. This is kind of like a larger version of that. And instead of being contingent upon something that you drink, it's contingent upon whether or not you've killed a final boss in a raid. I think that's kind of ingenious actually. And I really like the effect. I think it's kind of a shocking effect, and it, it's really effective. It's beautiful. It looks otherworldly and very, very strange to have that yeah. in the skybox. Um, I don't think that it's going to be a permanent thing. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see how like 7.3 pans out and what happens at the end of that, because it feels like this is probably just going to be something that's in place for the Legion expansion, and then it goes away, sort of like... Um, Oh, I don't know. Any of the introduction events that they had for various expansions where it was like there was something chaotic going on and then it calmed down once the expansion came out, that kind of thing. It's weird because some of those things are still in the game. Some of them like, are. Warlords opening is still there and the, yeah. bla- the the portal is still messed up and you can even still do the whole thing. You can, however, talk to the bronze dragonflight person and change it back to the old one if you want to. Yeah. Um, I... I could see them keeping it on the Broken Isles and not like it is now where it's in, you know, other capital cities and garrisons and stuff like that. Just because if you're ever leveling or you want to do old content, it's like, okay, well, how are we getting to Argus again? Like, where is Argus? Um, The weird weird part is that if you go to Exodar or you go to Silvermoon, you can't see it there. (laughs) It it didn't replace those those skyboxes. Those ones don't count, apparently. Because they're instanced. So, yeah, uh, if you don't want to see it in the sky after you've killed him, then I guess you could go to Silver Moon or go to the Exodar, and then you won't. But I don't think that it's something that's going to be there in the sky forever. I think this is one of those special sort of, oh, wow, that was really cool, lore reveal things pertaining to this expansion. And once this expansion is over, things will be back to quote-unquote normal. Because it's not a matter of changing a world map or a zone map like with Cataclysm where all of a sudden we've got volcanoes where there shouldn't be and big sinkholes and canyons filled with water and they just stay perpetually that way forever. This is just a skybox. You could swap out a skybox with just about anything. Yeah, but 
Um, we have an Arakoa in chat who wants to know, what are we without this sky box? Okay, so uh, <laughs> thank you for the question, Spanky Hunter. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next one and not acknowledge Mitch at all. Uh, next next email is from Signoria Senor, from Kelthazad US who says, Hey watchers, how angry will you be if we see characters such as Alaria or Veramothras on Argus and there are no interactions between them and Sylvanas? I know that Blizzard can only fit so many characters in storylines, but come on. Alaria meeting her undead sister is almost worthy of a cinematic. Bonus question. Is Rathion's very minor cameo in the Chromie scenario the only appearance he'll make in this expansion? There's no hints of him being there in 7.3 so far, and I feel like it's such a waste of a fascinating character. Thanks a lot, and keep up the good work. Um... I don't know how much we really want to discuss this without talking about spoilers, honestly. I I can say one thing. I mean, this isn't a spoiler. If, you know, we don't get any sort of interaction between the Windrunners, all the Windrunners, I will be upset. Yeah. I don't need to do spoilers for that. It's just a statement. If we're going to have Alaria in the game and I don't see anything, there's no, never any mention, no concept, nothing, I would be upset. I mean, we've had... Varisa and Sylvanas in the game together for a few years now, and the only hint of any interaction between them happened in a novel. Now, it was yeah. a good novel, and I liked that novel quite a bit, but I'm sorry, all those times I ended up talking to Varisa for various things, there could have been something along the lines of those dark rangers led by my dot 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 sister dot dot dot. You know what I mean? Like, something could they have been there. didn't talk about each other at all. Yeah, and it's, that bothers yeah. I mean, Veramothras, I'm going to be quite a friend. There's not going to be any interaction between Veramothras and Sylvanas. I'm calling it now. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, nothing to do with any games. I'm just saying that it isn't going to happen. Boom. I, I don't know about that. It could be. But as far as Rathion's concerned, I have no idea if he's going to be. I, I'm so I'm still mad about Rathion. I just, they had a good story for him, or at least more of a story than they have for him now, and it feels like they keep just popping him into expansions just randomly to be like, hey guys, remember this guy? We haven't forgotten him, but we're busy writing other things. Like, It's like they throw yeah. him in there to throw a bone to the people who expected to see him, and it, exactly. without actually acknowledging the reason that we expected to see him. Everything that is happening right now is the thing that Rathion predicted back in Mists of Pandaria. He should have some kind of active featured role in this expansion, and he does not. And that makes no sense, and it's a waste of a really, really intriguing, excellent character. It's just a waste. I I agree. I agree. And that's that's what... You know, I don't know if we'll see more of him or not. At this rate, it feels like exactly what Anne said. We may see more of him, but it won't be in the way we want. It'll be in the way Blizzard says, like, eh, people want to see him, so here he is doing basically nothing. He made this explosive, amazing, just jaw-dropping debut at the end of Cataclysm to the, with that whole rogue quest chain that happened, and it was all tied into all that stuff that happened out in the Badlands, so there was like this thematic thread that was going on, and I did not expect to see him again after Cataclysm was over. When he showed up in Mists of Pandaria, I was really excited because this character was so cool as part of that rogue storyline that I really wanted other people to see and experience who this dude was because he was just, you know, that intriguing and he was intriguing throughout the entirety of Miss Pandaria. And then he just disappeared. It's like, I don't know if people just didn't he know was, how to he write He was him hanging in. out near Cadgar's story and 
warlords and he was in again you know, the, it feels like that they it, yeah. it feels like they inserted him in there because people were expecting him to show up they didn't actually have anything prepared for him to do and they should have because this is his story it's the story yeah. he introduced not to mention he was in all of the like admiral taylor garrison it was in that log, yeah. In the story, but not actually. He didn't actually show up anywhere. It kind of hinted yeah. that he had some sort of hand in it, but did we see any follow up on that? No. no. And it's yeah. the same thing. To keep in mind that this is kind of the same thing that I feel about Jaina Proudmore is they took her to that line in Missa Pandaria. They pushed her over that line. They destroyed Theramore. They gave her all of this opportunity for her character to move forward in an unexpected direction. And instead of actually moving forward in that direction, they pushed her to the side in order to introduce Cadgar. And I'm sorry, I like Cadgar. Don't get me wrong. I think Cadgar's okay and everything. But I don't think he's as interesting as Jaina Proudmore could have been. And I don't know if it's because do they not know how to write Jaina? Or did they just really want to bring in an old dude? I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get that choice. And it's the same it's the same thing with Rathia, and I don't get the choice. I don't get why they didn't bring him in. It doesn't make I'm sense. I'm still wondering if Jaina's whole thing is that she'll come back next expansion, like with the cavalry or whatever, but I'm hoping that uh, she comes back with Kul Tiris in tow. Honestly. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like that's if if they did that and they did it well, would that excuse this expansion for you or no? Like sidelining her? If they brought her back and they brought her back in a way that was meaningful, where it was clear that she didn't just disappear, but she was off doing something and they explained the thing that she was doing, then yeah, that would totally excuse it. Absolutely. Okay, and that's because that's it takes it from a place of we don't know how to write this character to this character was off doing something behind the scenes that you just didn't know about. That makes it okay. With Rathian, okay. it's like he appears With, in the crony oh, scenario no. very briefly, and, and and that's it. And there's yeah. no mention. I mean, even his voice files when you click on him, it's the same voice files from like Pandaria. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, uh, comically offensive. It's not offensive, really. It's just, it's a waste of a brilliant character. He's a brilliant character. He was a brilliant character that had all kinds of potential, and they just decided to toss that aside for what? I don't think that anything that we've gotten has eclipsed what Rathion gave us in Mist of Pandaria. I guess that's why I'm kind of upset about that. No, um, and I'm I'm equally upset. Like, as, as far as, I like... I love this character. As far as the sisters interacting with each other... I think that's a thing that should happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in game, but I feel like it's something that should happen, and it should happen like in a cinematic where Taron Gregory can get his hands on it, because that would Ooh. be so good. <laughs> Do it. Make it happen. Wouldn't that be good, Rossi? Be I'm amazing. sorry, we've been like talking over you entirely. Do you have any other thoughts on this? I don't like Rathian that much, so I didn't have much to say. <laughs> like whatever, don't care. Sorry. Love I know you guys love Rathion. They just I didn't do the rogue quest and Pandaria, he kinda didn't do anything for me. Um I never really got into him. I kinda thought he was cool at the end when it turned out he was totally planning on betraying the horde. But yes, I lied to you. Get over it. <laughs> like that was cool, but it's just I didn't get to see a lot of him. I mean, I did all the quests, I got the legendary gem, I got the legendary cloak, I did all that stuff. It just I don't know. And he never really caught on. I 
I'm more I'm got more feelings about Jaina, but I've said them a million times. Everyone's heard me, so I don't feel like I have anything new to add. You pretty much covered my objections on what they did with Jaina. So yeah, I I feel like they should use her. I don't get why they're not. She could have had a space. Like, they could have made a space for her, and they decided that Ubiquitous Mage character needed to be Cadgar instead of Jaina, for some reason. Because of the place that they put her in story-wise. I don't know. I just, I wish that they had addressed that a little more. That's all I'm saying. But we can go ahead and move on. Anyway, thank you for the question, Cenuria. Sorry that ended in a rant. Uh, next question <laughs> is from Iron Shield of the 42nd from the Shatar EU, who says, Greetings, watchers of wintry weather. With all the talk of portals in the recent lore podcast, they were almost all fell portals created by warlocks. So why can't warlocks make any portals in-game? Any reason for this besides the level of rage it would create on the mage forums? Demonic Gateway is basically the kind of warlock portal we're talking about. Mm. Mitch, do well, you have anything the, to add? I mean, there, there are like NPCs in game that open portals, but those are usually portals to bring demons to our world. Sometimes, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure there oh, are examples on of the warlocks broken in shore, game. Yeah, on the Broken Shore, we're using warlock portals to go at the demons all the time. Yeah. Like, it's actual world quest where that's what you do. But in general, I mean, the portal that Goldon opened to come to our world was a warlock portal. <laughs> he's a warlock that was what he was opening he used souls to open it um and while the other person was medivh medivh got that information from sargeras so again you know it was it was warlocky is is there like uh, do warlocks need to to open a portal to someplace does that destination have to be like associated with the twisting nether or like have a certain amount of fell energy because mages portals are going to like cities and useful places. And I'm wondering like lore wise, are warlocks not able to do that because their portals have to be tied to a specific type of place? Lore wise, it's more like warlocks need to kill a lot of people or things. I mean, Illidan did the same thing. He used sacrifice to get a portal open. Warlock portals take souls. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Okay. If you want to open a big portal as a warlock, you need to kill a lot of people. But, like, theoretically, though, if a warlock sacrificed a bunch of souls, could they then just open a portal for their raid group to Stormwind or Orgrimmar? Like, or is I, that not I, how they... I, it doesn't seem like there's any particular restriction, because it's like the the, war, the demons are opening portals to Azeroth. They just, you know, so... Yeah, and someone pointed out that they do summon people, which I had totally forgotten about. They just need it, souls I, I think to do that. Yeah. I think it's mostly because of mages that warlocks don't, you know, have portals to places. But also, I think it's I'm okay with having their thing be like, if we're opening a portal, it's going to be related to demons, as in we want them here or we want to go to them. I I think that the big difference, well, number one, they want the two classes to be distinct from a gameplay standpoint. And from a lore standpoint, I think that people are probably a lot cooler with portals being opened and closed and traveling through them if it didn't require the souls of the dead to make that portal. <laughs> I'm okay. Or they're not quite, oh, they're not quite dead in some cases. I, I feel well, like, I feel like people might have, you know, moral objections towards using portals like that regularly. I Plus do it's not. Like, the kind of warlock portals you get, there's the kind that's the big green portal, but there's the kind that has the hands that come and just sort of open the air. That's always bugged me. I don't like that portal at all. Why? I think those yeah, are just, cool looking. There's reasons involving the internet that I'm not going to go into, but yeah, that, <laughs> those portals creep me out, and I don't want to go near them. They're kind of scary. Like it's like scary. Tim Burton. 
Like you really Tim just Burton. don't want to approach it. You never know where it's going to take you. Also, I don't know where it's been. Yeah, you don't know where it's been. <laughs> or who's actually like fueling the thing? Like who Whose died to these? make that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh all right, we got time for one more email. I'm going to skip down to the last email cuz I kind of like this one and I want to talk about it anyway. Uh e- last email is from Clampett, who's a level 110 troll hunter from Ravenholt, US. And they say, greetings, watchers. Now that patch 7.2.5 is out and the Tomb of Sargeras is open, I wanted to get your thoughts on the role of the Pillars of Creation. At the beginning of this expansion, they were a major driver of the plot as we sought to retrieve them from the various actors who were either working with the Legion or had their own designs. Since then, however, it seems like we've only used two of them, the Tears of Elune as part of the Light's Hope questline and the Aegis of Agrimar in the Cathedral of Eternal Night dungeon. So what are the other three? Do you think we'll ultimately need to use them in the final defeat of the Legion, or were they merely MacGuffins to get us to do the quest lines? Thanks, Clampett. So, this is actually kind of addressed in the raid? Yeah. Um, Like, at the end of Different Wings, I don't know exactly what you do, but, like, you claim them, and I'm pretty sure, like, once you have them all, that's how you unlock, like, the uh, area that kind of leads to the the, uh, Avatar. Yeah, the way it works, I mean, I've only done LFR, but even when you go into LFR, the basic the basic storyline is still there. Um, Agewin, or the remnants of Agewin, whatever, Ghost Agewin shows up and says, okay, cool, you need to take all of these pillars and you need to put them in particular places to unlock the way deeper in. That's what, yeah. that's what we need to use these things for. So... In LFR, for example, uh, Wing 1, you go down into Naga territory, and when you kill the final boss, you're supposed to put one of the Pillars of Creation there to go ahead, and that's, like, the, the first unlock point. Yeah, that's the Tidestone. And it's like, the Tidestone, yeah. M- minor spoilers. Like, when when you defeat the End Wing bosses, the, the thing that opens up is in the very beginning room of the raid, like... So you're getting them from the different portions of the raid, taking them back to the beginning, and then you're going downstairs. The downstairs area is the maiden fight, and then there is a huge, long elevator that you take down to the uh, fallen avatar. Down, and it down, is down, really way cool. down. It's really cool. Like an but elevator you, boss, huh? Kind of, yeah. Actually, the you know the bo- the maiden boss fight, you don't want to fall down that thing. You do, but you don't. You want to fall out at the right time. Um, but as far as, you know, they're the full role of them, uh, it's a little mixed. I mean, it could have been worse. It it doesn't feel like after we got them in the Legion zones that they were used as much as I expected. I I don't know. I guess when I heard Pillars of Creation, I, I thought we were, like, Voltroning them together and using them as a weapon rather than, like, just unlocking an area to fight the Titan or uh, Avatar. What do you think? Uh, So far, you guys have said everything we've used them for so far. I, I think they're definitely involved in sealing off the part where, so we can go to after kill Jaden, but I don't know that they're going to get used on Argus because their role was to basically close this portal. The one that was over the tomb of Sargeras. Do you think that was their only role or do you think that there was something else they were intended for? And now they're being used in this role. See, I honestly feel like they were originally intended to, as it's kind of a, how do I put this? They're in the, they're in that temple. The temple was obviously originally designed to be around the Well of Eternity, and I really feel like the temple has a role in the 
governing of the Well of Eternity. Because remember, the Well of Eternity is this giant wound that bleeds magic out into the world. It's it's like the right. world soul is bleeding out into the world. And I feel like they set it up to try and suppress it. Like, okay, we've got this enormous amount of magical power coming in and we need to shut it down. We need to to control it and cap it. And that's what their original purpose was. And it just so happens that that also keeps you from opening giant portals because you're shutting down magical, you know, a portal is essentially a big confluence of magical energy that rips a hole in the world. And that's exactly what they're trying to stop, which is why the Well of Eternity See, is always, you know, here's my question. Source. Do you think that original purpose, whatever it was that they were intended for, do you think that Agewin basically usurped that purpose and turned them into keystones, for want of a better word? Uh, usurped? I honestly feel like it's more along the lines of she figured out another use for them. Not usurped, necessarily. Like, I think you could still use them for the original purpose. It's just that she's like, oh, hey, this does this. And if you're doing that anyway, it stops that. Because if you, if you can dampen down the flow of arcane energy from the well... Uh, you can stop the portals from opening. Does that make sense? I'm, like if, if X come, if X powers Y, and you could lock down, down powers, whatever potential yeah. power an avatar might hold. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I think, but I also think it might have something to do with the old gods, quite frankly, because they were also trying to keep those guys submerged. And I think by using the pillars, we may have accidentally, by turning the key position from A to B, we may have turned off A, and that might be one of the reasons that um. Our friend Nizoth might come back sooner than we might want him to. And maybe why Nizoth wasn't exactly like super adverse to us getting our hands on the Tears of a Loon. No, no, by all means, take those things. That's great. Go yeah, ahead, you, take that. You go do your thing. We're not working with the Legion. <laughs> I, I, I feel like whatever we run into next expansion, it's almost like it has to be Old God. There has to be something about the Old Gods with it. Whatever it is. That seems likely based on all the clues from Ilganoth. We've gotten like way too many hints in that direction. It just it doesn't <laughs> feel like there's any other direction that they could logic. Well, there are but other directions they could go, there, but here's here's my thoughts, you know, when whenever I, I want that and I really hope that's the case. Uh-huh. But my thinking here is that we also had an entire Miss of Pandaria leading up to Legion stuff, and then we had Warlords which ended with Legion stuff, and then we got Legion stuff. So I could I could see Blizzard setting up the old god stuff this expansion, you having some other expansion next and that leads into a a very old god heavy like expansion. one where we are dealing with whatever Bolvar is up to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's also another direction that they could go theoretically. I really, I, I hope they do. They've, they've I love, planted I all kinds of seeds Night here. Campaign. The return of the wrath of the Lich King. <laughs> <laughs> Wrath Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for the question, Clampett. Uh, that pretty much wraps us up for emails and wraps us up for the show as well. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, thanks, you guys, also for sending in those emails. If you have any future emails for us, send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com again you put podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know they're for this show uh thank you guys very much for listening uh this has been the blizzardwatch podcast and we'll be here next week 